Hello, and welcome to 10 Things We Have to Tell You. I'm Kendra. And I'm Brandon. We love making top 10 lists and then making other people listen to them. Join us as we explore a new top 10 list each week. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1, Top 10 Dumbest Ways People Have Died, picked by us. This includes our criminal smart, he ate what, convincing the jury, doggone it, here kitty 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 kitty, I need my phone bro, stab in the dark, move or die, well, tax penalties are the least of your worries, and that's what you get. Coming in at number 10, are criminals smart? Sometimes. Not this time, though. On February 3rd, 1990, in the state of Washington, a would-be robber walked into a store and started firing warning shots, informing the employees and customers that this was, in fact, a robbery. Seems pretty normal, yeah? Four small issues the aspiring robber should have worked through first. Number one, his target. H&J Leather and Firearms. Perfect target. For somebody. <laughs> That's right, friends. He tried to rob a gun store. Issue number two. The customers? People buying guns in the gun store. Number three. The entrance to the store? And you'll get a kick out of this. He had to walk around a marked police car to get into the front door of the store. Again, perfect target. Number four, the customers. Part two? Standing at the front counter was a uniformed police officer drinking a coffee and talking to the clerk before his shift started. When the robber came in and started firing warning shots, both the uniformed officer and the store clerk, while being covered by the armed customers, because again, this was a gun store, returned fire, and the ambitious yet unprepared criminal died. <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand. Like, out of all the things, he had so many options to be like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't do this. I, you know, some criminals are really smart. One, I, I, you know, I even know of a story of a guy who was so smart and his crime was so well thought out, the judge was like, have you considered being not a criminal? <laughs> because you're really smart. Like, he was on trial and the judge was like, damn, dude. Why are... <laughs> You thought so much out. Well, that reminds me of the time that I did that thing that I was telling you about. Remember? When we were going to... I can't remember where we were going. You talking about the FBI agent and stuff? With the mask and everything? Remember? Oh, the bank robbery? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Brandon told us told me while we were driving to a music festival about the perfect crime that he would commit, which was robbing a bank. And I was very uncomfortable and just kept looking at my phone and saying, it's, it's, it's hypothetical. Please don't come arrest us or put us on a list. But joke's on me. We're already on lists. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's fair. All right. You're up. Number nine. 
Okay, number nine is he ate what? So in March of 2001, um, a guy by the name of Armin Muse, I think that's how you say it. I think that's right. Yeah. Muse found this guy online to like voluntarily kill him and eat him named Burn Brands. I, I get. I don't know. Obviously, it wasn't in the U.S. But he was voluntarily slaughtered and eaten by him uh, following an appointment via the internet. I mean, when do you book that for? Is that like a morning thing or an evening thing? Like, do you go after work or before work? I don't know. I feel like after work. <laughs> uh, so, um, and then at his request, Muse first amputated his penis and they unsuccessfully attempted to eat it. Ugh. Gross. I mean, I imagine it's probably pretty tough and chewy, so, you know. It's... Oh, is to... that from all of your experience of having penises in your mouth? <laughs> I would just imagine that's, I feel one every day, so I'd imagine that's what it's like. You know? I mean... That's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Muse take the entire amputation and killing. He then conserved and ate brand's meat. Uh, he oh, was I a... don't like that. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I don't, I don't like referring to the human body as meat. <laughs> I mean, that's what we are. Just... Don't. <laughs> don't finish that sentence, please. Uh, Muse was eventually arrested, sentenced to life in prison, and he became a vegetarian during his prison sentence. Uh, shocking. A <laughs> shocking revelation. And the funny thing is, his original prison sentence was only like 11 and a half years, I think. But then they retried it, and then he got life in prison. This feels vaguely close to, like, assisted suicide. Yeah, I mean, it could be like, you know, like Kevorkian, except Kevorkian didn't eat people. It's like Kevorkian and... Dahmer. Dahmer had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Dahmer. Dr. Dahmer. Alright. Coming in at number eight convincing the jury do you know of any lawyers who have gone too far in the courtroom trying to convince a jury no well let me introduce you to clement philandigum a lawyer and politician from the great state of ohio in 1871 after returning to ohio from exile He was exiled to uh, the Confederate States of America after he disagreed with the war. That's false. He was exiled to Michigan. Go Buckeyes. (laughs) Good old Clement took on a case representing a man accused of killing someone in a barroom brawl. Because obviously he only took on the most noble of defendants. Volandigam attempted to convince the jury that the victim shot himself accidentally by pulling a supposedly unloaded pistol out of his pocket, just as the victim would have. Do you see where this is going? Yes, nowhere good. Small problem. The pistol was in fact loaded. Volandigam... Well, that's not right. Volandigam snagged the gun on his own clothing and then fatally shot himself in the bladder. The best part? It worked. The jury acquitted the defendant. <laughs> hey, he was trying to prove a point, which is that the victim could have accidentally shot himself. So I feel like 
he had a pretty good point. Yeah, that reminds me of that guy that was like, remember that office dude where like hit the window and he would always like run and test it and hit it. And then the one day he like ran into it and hit it and like the whole thing fell out and he died. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, there was like this thing where like he would do like this trick for people that came into his office and he would like run and like full force into it and just slam himself into the window. And then one day it just came out of the frame and he fell and died. So, like, the glass didn't break, like... Just the whole window. Yeah, the whole window came out of the frame, yeah. Oh, cool. I guess from all the years of him doing that. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So, well, he sealed his own fate on that one. (laughs) Alright, number seven. I need my phone, bro. Okay, so in 2018, a guy by the name of Atif Rafiq, um, who's in a movie theater in Birmingham, England... Uh, probably on, on a Tuesday. <laughs> Why? Why are you like this? A Tuesday. Stop that. <laughs> uh, he was looking for his dropped cell phone, or as they call it, mobile. <laughs> Do you want to alienate any future British <laughs> listeners? Because no, you're doing it, a great job. It's all just jokes, man. Like... <laughs> Uh, his head became wedged under the electronic footrest of the seat, and he died from cardiac arrest over a cell phone. Well, yeah, but it's not like he flipped himself off a balcony diving after a cell phone. I mean, that could have happened to anybody. I mean, I guess. But... It's still stupid. Yeah. But it does remind me of that time I went to go visit Chicago and see Corgi. And we went on a boat tour and uh, walked by a guy who was holding his phone out over Lake Michigan to film, I don't know, the waves or whatever. It's why, I don't know why, because it was cold. But uh, I told him that he had more faith in his pinky finger than I did. And his response was, if the phone goes over, so do I. Okay, well... And that's uh, how you end up on a list like this. Yes, it is how you end up on a list like this. Um, also, it was Lake Michigan in the first week of May, and it was the water was probably below 30 degrees. So that would have been a really bad idea. Anyways. Yeah. I uh, will not be going after my phone if I drop it in a movie theater. No, let's just, no, I'll just wait. All right, coming in at number six, we have here, kitty, 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 kitty. Is that enough kitties? No, kitty. Kitty, 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 kitty. We all know that if I die an untimely death, it will be because I saw a wild cat and tried to pet it. As a millennial white woman, I have very little survival instinct and very lot of cat love. I and would like to be a crazy cat lady, please, and thank you. That is true. Well, a German couple visiting Alicante, Spain, in May of 1999, I'm probably mispronouncing that, clearly missing that survival instinct, too. While staying in Alicante, the couple were enjoying a visit to Safari Park, a wild game park and controlled reserve offering, get this, 
safaris. There were warning signs posted fucking everywhere. Everywhere. At every exhibit, on all of the posts along the drive, in multiple languages, including German. These signs were cautioning visitors to keep their windows rolled up and to remain in their vehicles at all times, as you do when there are wild animals around. Did the German couple know how to read? Well, that remains to be seen. As they entered into the tiger exhibit, got out of their car, locked themselves out of it, inside the tiger exhibit. They were quickly ambushed by three Bengal tigers that had been hiding in the brush. The tigers snapped their necks and began doing what wild animals do with their prey. Security guards rushed in, but it was far too late. The woman had already been beheaded, and the man disemboweled. I mean, the only cat that I would do that for is a lion, personally, because I love lions. Because the lion is going to recognize the goodness in you and not kill you? Yeah. And I'd just be like, fluffy. Kitty. Hmm. You ever seen those TikToks of Mm -hmm. that one black guy making fun of white women because... We see big, ferocious dogs, and we're like, ah, puppy. Right. That's me, but with wild cats. Uh, and I would have thought with that whole situation, they would have gone, like, I don't know, maybe, like, try to go, like, under their car or something. They had, I don't think, from what I understand, I don't think they had any idea the tigers were about to attack, and they had no idea that they were about to die. Because the three worked as a team and ambushed them by jumping out of the brush. Oh, okay. So. That makes sense. The way I saw it described was that the tigers snapped their necks, silencing their screams. (laughs) So, I mean. That would do it. There are dumber ways to die, but not very many. (laughs) Moving on, we've got doggone it. A uh, man by the name of James Campbell in 2013, uh, he was 68 years old. He left his van to go open a gate. His dog stepped on the gas pedal and ran him over. And we all know what kind of dog it was. It was definitely a chihuahua. It had to have been. It had to have been. Uh, like, you know, there, there's always that, you know, speaking of top 10 lists, top 10 worst breeds of dog. There are none. There are only bad owners. And number one is Chihuahua. It has to be a Chihuahua. Yeah, because, like, literally every Chihuahua you meet is, like, they only like their owner, and that's it. Like, there's never... That's questionable. Remember Sammy? Mm Mm-hmm. She she liked everybody, mostly. But also tried to bite our kid, so, you know. But yeah, I mm, that also feels like it could happen to a lot of people, but you know that dog was like Give me my kibbles and bits, bitch. I'm gonna run you over. Right, and you have to think too, like it had to have like yeeted its whole body into the gas pedal to make it go. Well yeah, because it weighed like what, <laughs> two pounds? I don't know, it just reminds me of the whole like Anton Yelchin thing. Yeah. Just mind. But that the was dog. really sad. Because that was an accident. This was a murder. Yeah. A murder. Alright, coming in at number four. Stab in the dark. You know the phrase, shot in the dark? Well, this is that. But better. 
picture it. Sicily. 1941. I'm just kidding. <laughs> December 3rd, 2000. Brisbane, Australia. Two men, aged 21 and 28, decided to join together for a night of crime. They came up with a plan to go to a caravan park, also known as a trailer park, pick a trailer, and just go fucking ham on the person on the inside. So they break in. Dark as shit. The occupant is very confused and starts freaking out. He bolts. As you are to do. I mean, someone breaks into my house. The house is no longer mine. It's your problem now. Goodbye. Well, how are we going to get out of our house? It's a two-story house. I will jump out of a window. Did you miss the part where I have very little survival instinct? (laughs) I once opened an envelope that was taped to our office door. It could have had anthrax in it. I just opened it. I was like, oh, well, okay. If this is how I die, this is how I die. I died doing what I hate most. (laughs) Opening mail at work. It's not true. I don't hate that most. I hate answering the phone most. Anyhow. So the person inside the trailer leaves. He runs out. He's like, nope. Bye. It's your problem now. Do our young, dumb criminal friends realize this? No. They don't. Because it's dark. Very, very dark. So what do they do? They continue with their original plan of stabbing. You may be wondering, if the person that was inside the trailer ran away, who are our young, dumb criminal friends stabbing? Have I got the answer for you? Each other. The two men went to town stabbing each other, both thinking that they were attacking the original intended target. The 21-year-old died on the scene, and the 28-year-old was later transported to the hospital with severe injuries, but ultimately survived. That's just dumb. Like, how are you going to stab each other when you're literally right next to each other and not be like, who the fuck is stabbing me? I... Stab, 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 like, stab, ow, stab, ow, why, stab. Why are you stabbing stab. me? And then, oh, ow, why are you stabbing me? Why are we stabbing each other? How did no one say anything? Like it was very dark. They were trying to be sneaky, sneaky snakes. What? Did, who do they think was getting? Who do they think was stabbing them? Ha- They're supposed to do the stabbing. I don't know. Maybe it just happened really quickly and. The 28-year-old gave the 21-year-old one, like, you know, kidney stab, and it was done. I... It just, just doesn't make any sense. That, that's probably the dumbest one off the whole list. <laughs> you would think so. Okay. Uh, moving on here, we've got um, Jose Luis Ochoa, who in January of 2011... Uh, he was in the legal cockfight. Uh, he was actually just a year younger than I am right now. He was 35. He was uh, at a cockfight in Tulare County, California. He was stabbed in the leg by a bird with a knife-like spur strapped to its leg. I mean, like, that's what you get. Yeah. Oh, right. That, that is the title of this. And that's what you that's get. That's what you get. 
That's what you get for going to a cockfight. What do those chickens do to you other than be delicious? I can just, like, imagine what it was like. I mean, that just has to be, like, the unluckiest shit, too. To be, like, stabbed just right by, like, a chicken. (laughs) I mean, I'm on the chicken side here. I feel like he deserved it. I know that sounds victim-blamey, but, like, the perpetrator is a chicken, so I'm not really sure. Right. I just, yeah, like... Why do they have knives strapped to them? Like, it's a cockfight. I thought they just fought. I, I don't know what happens at a cockfight. Me neither. I didn't know they strapped shit to them. It's like fucking giving them upgrades and stuff. Like, what the hell? Well, he saved up all of his coins. <laughs> and did a, an upgrade. You know. Yeah, well. That's what you get. <laughs> if you are a dogfighter... And your dog fights you? That's what you get. That's karma. You get what you put out, which is a dog eating your face. You deserve it. Number two. Well, tax penalties. There are three things I know for certain in this life. And I mean this honestly. Death, taxes, and a train being in my way when I am running late. As the cosmos align, this story has all three. On Sunday, April 15th, 2001, in Memphis, Tennessee, a man was rushing to the post office to get his taxes in the mailbox so they wouldn't be late. While en route to the post office, the man needed to cross some train tracks. But alas, a train was coming. Whatever would he do? Obviously, he would try to beat the train by going around the lowered crossing gates. I think at this point, late filing fees was probably the least of his worries. Unfortunately for him, the driver across from him had the same idea. The two cars collided, killing the man on the way to the post office and wounding the other driver. But have no fear. The collision happened to the side of the train tracks, and the train was able to pass by unimpeded, causing its passengers very little inconvenience. I assure you, nothing at the IRS is worth dying in a car crash because you went around the crossing gates. Nothing. It's like he's never watched Final Destination or anything. We're all traumatized by that. Yeah. yeah. If if anyone here is listening to this that hasn't watched those, just don't watch them because it'll traumatize you, first of all. Yeah. And don't drive behind a log truck, either. No, don't. Zero out of ten stars. But, uh, yeah. So that actually, that story actually sent me down a rabbit hole of, um, well, for those who don't know us in person and are new to us, um, I am an accountant and I do taxes. So obviously that's why I picked this story. But it sent me down a rabbit hole because typically when tax day is on uh, a Sunday, it gets moved to the next business day which in this case would be April 16th, but um, April 16th in this situation would also be Emancipation Day, which is a holiday only celebrated in Washington, D.C., and it pushes back the tax filing deadline by one day. So I feel like this man probably died because of um, no reason, actually. 
<laughs> Literally no reason. His taxes were already going to be late. It was a Sunday. The post office was closed. I mean, that's like being late to work and then still rushing to get there. Oh, no. If I'm late to work, I am going for gold. I'm going to stop and get coffee. Right. I might stop and do. I don't know what else I'll do. Right. Stop and get coffee. Stop and get breakfast. I know. Take the longest route. Yeah. I mean, like, go for gold. I mean, that's like fucking, you're already 20, 30 minutes late. Fucking might as well just fucking be late. <laughs> I can't. My anxiety won't let me. I could wake up late. I have woken up late. I've woken up at 8.30 to be at work at 9, and my drive is half an hour, and I make it there by 9.15, we're golden. It's and like when I go to do shopping trips at work and stuff, I'll like I'll make sure I take extra long, because I don't want to go back to work and deal with people. It must be nice to not have anxiety about missing work. Last year and the year before, we got snow days, which never happens. But it was just days where we decided, um, even if I could get my car out of the snow, uh, I was not safe to drive to work. So I just stayed home and did what I could from home. And the whole day I felt very guilty. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you were there. Yeah. See, I don't deal with the same kind of people you deal with, though, so it's not that big of a deal. But they're somehow worse. Yeah. Our clients are mostly great. All right. Number one. Uh, so this guy really lost his head. Uh, David Fial, Fial, in July of 2008, he's a 50-year-old man. He was the last resident in a uh, block of flats that were due to be demolished in Bishopstoke, uh, near Southampton, England. He decapitated himself with a chainsaw to highlight the injustice of being forced to move out. Out of all the things you could have done to highlight injustice, you could have, like, I don't know, change yourself to a fucking radiator or like i don't know wrote a letter or I, I don't know like went to the media i don't know something other than cutting your head off with a chainsaw i don't know man if when we moved into this house we had to do it very quickly and it was very stressful and if it came to us moving again or me dying i would rather die well, if we ever move again, I'm just hiring someone to move for us because I'm not doing it. Yeah, but I don't even have the initiative to pack our stuff up in boxes. Like, oh, no, I'm hiring someone to do all of it. You want them to go through all of our stuff? Just put the shit in boxes and move it to this location. That's all you gotta do. I don't want people looking at my stuff. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, or we could just never move. That'd be good. I'd prefer that. Like, oh no, my underwear. Yeah, look at them. Put them in the damn box. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, my underwear. For sure. All right. Well, there's your first top ten list of the season. Uh, we hope you'll join us next week. Thanks for listening. Join us next week when we come up with a brand new top ten list. Follow us on social media at 10 Things We Have to Tell You on Facebook, at 10 Things We Have to Tell You on Instagram, or email us at 10 Things We Have to Tell You at gmail.com. Have a new list idea? We're always taking suggestions. Please rate, review, and share, and come back again next week. Bye! Bye.